0: Following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN.
1: So, right before we hit the air, I'm watching the latest episode of Hang With Tang on Twitter, and this gal comes up to Coach Tang and, and starts talking pie. And about like, you know, Coach Tank can make an apple pie. She makes a cherry pie and they both make their crust from scratch. She's like, well, my recipe comes from my grandma in 1970. I thought to myself, 1970, that's not that long ago. It really isn't for a grandma. I'm thinking 50s, 40s. Yeah. Apple pie or cherry (sighs) pie recipes. And then we have uh,
0: 1971. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That reminds us that.
1: Yes, 1970 was a long time ago when he was Ah. a baby.
0: It is. You know, Jerome Tate, too, is like, what? what, You know what sucks right now? I can't curse on air at this uh, this guy. No. (laughs) FCC? (laughs) Just cold. Just cold, man. it,
2: It is. Time really just does not stop. You know what I mean? Like, it really continues and just claims victim after victim. And now, grandmas are born in 1970. That's the way it goes.
1: 85 to me is still 12 years ago. hmm nah yeah, I, I still think of like time as, like, as I was a kid. Uh-huh. I know a buddy
2: uh, of uh, a K-Rock listener. He's a great-grandpa. And he was like, that really blew my socks off when I became a great-grandpa.
1: So, living in Morganville, I, of course, I won't mention any names. Mm-hmm. I think they all live actually here in town now. But there was a great grandma that was in her fifties. Uh huh.
2: Yeah. So this guy, uh, K rocker, he's a he's a fifty year old man. Not he's like fifty six, fifty seven. But that's wild. A great grandparent. Yeah,
1: there's clearly a generation that did whatever they wanted. Maybe even more. <laughs>
0: have you gotta to have that? You gotta have one generation that has a little fun. Listen, I'm just going to point this out. It's the generation that brought us Guns and Roses. Thank you much. All right.
2: <laughs> That's a good band. Yeah. In the in the bed of an El Camino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, were, <laughs> we were outside the uh, expo center there in Topeka. Oh, watch it. That was Bon
0: Jovi. <laughs> oh, bon yeah. Jovi. Sorry. We well, well, had yeah, that a, discussion yesterday, yeah,
1: too. Yeah. A place that
0: does not have good acoustics, uh, unfortunately. Uh,
1: uh, uh, uh. I've seen a few concerts there. If you're up
0: a little high, it sounds weird. Little brother went when Aerosmith was coming through back in in the uh, late 80s and just sat outside and listened to, the, uh, listened to the sound check. Wow. Because you could hear it through the walls. Wow. That's how bad the acoustics are in that we place. we got to
2: do something
0: about this, yeah. guys. Yeah. That's a little rough.
2: <laughs> I'll have a ticket for the parking lot, please.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the
1: game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., Travion Berklin is here today. So we got the whole, whole crew here. Went to my first ever wrestling event at the Expo Center. All right. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Um, well, yeah, in Topeka, right? Yes. Expo mm-hmm. Yeah. Expo Center? Yeah. yeah. Getting confused with the Coliseum down, mm-hmm. down in Wichita or what used to be. I don't know if it's still there or not. Oh, it is. It
0: it's, is. It's uh, Wichita State's using it for aircraft something. Uh.
2: The last time I went there, I saw a tool show there many years ago, and uh, it was-
0: A tool show. A tool show. Sounds amazing. It last- was- Awful. Last time I was there, I was calling an AF2 game. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah. Well, WCW used to run that building.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. Now you can't get any. You can't get a Monday Night Raw or anything in Topeka. Because to, it, it, people just don't want to spend money anymore on on fun stuff.
2: Well, especially you know, hasn't that the house shows kind of they do or?
1: run house shows there? Oh, but yeah, nobody shows up for them. Yeah, either. that's just, it's just so weird. Or just the
2: way it is. It, that used to be a thing that would really get the it really pop the boys. Yeah. you know, you go hey, get us three tickets to see WCW.
1: Well, it is Wednesday. And you know what that means, AEW Dynamite from Bridgeport, Connecticut it is the go-home show for Full Gear, which is this Saturday, MGF, John Moxley for the World Championship. There's going to be a lot, it's going to be really promo heavy tonight.
0: Boy, did I nail that in the last 10 seconds last evening. What? That, that we would find out today where WCW or AEW was. Well, yeah, it's Wednesday. Yeah, I know. It's my job. I, I'm just pointing out, you know, called it.
1: I made an agreement with
0: AEW. Uh,
1: I'm, like, okay. I'm uh, like, hey. I'm like, hey, you hook us up with interviews every uh, time they're around okay. and I'll give you a few uh nudges. Shout outs. And they I just like, ran with it a lot more than I probably was supposed to. Yeah, because they're like,
2: oh my God, what a deal. This guy doesn't know what he's got, you know? You dude, promise too much.
1: But that also means we're joined by Derek Young from KCN Online. We good to go. All right, we're good to go. All right, D.Y., um, today is National Indiana Day. What do people from Ohio think of Indiana?
3: What? I don't understand National Indiana Day. Yeah. Isn't that like a little bit of an oxymoron? Yeah. Because if it's about Indiana, it's not really national.
2: Yeah, because I The
1: national celebration of the state becoming a state. Oh, and
3: Ohio doesn't think much of Indiana. The first thing, it's kind of a, it's not really a flyover state. Maybe it is. It's more like a drive-through state that you don't stop in. You, you hope that your, you know, your gas tank is completely full because there's no reason to stop in Indiana otherwise.
0: Ohio's a fantasy. <laughs> I don't.
3: Hey, Ohio has <laughs> as much, actually, Ohio is very urban, actually. Oh. That's what I would always say to people because they think, you know, Ohio, it's a You know, middle of nowhere as well, with a lot of farmland. And and while there is a lot of farmland, there's a lot of cities in Ohio. There is, there
0: is,
2: and there there are a lot up there by the Great Lakes. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of action going up there. Then I was really blown away with how close Cincinnati is to Kentucky. That well really shocked.
3: How close it is? Part of Cincinnati is Kentucky.
2: Yeah, I had you know I had no idea, no idea about that. And I went to Lexington. uh,
3: yeah, it's, it's kind of like Kansas City, right? Yes. So yeah, Part of it's in Missouri, part of it's in Kansas. Well, Cincinnati, I would say like the nicer suburbs. Like the nicer suburbs of Kansas City is Johnson County in Kansas. And for Cincinnati, it's more on the Kentucky side when you're yeah. talking about New, Newport and, and Covington. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But for Ohio, they say the three Cs. Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland.
2: Hmm. Toledo gets left
3: out of there. God. So does Dayton. You know what, Dayton? <laughs> Dayton's pretty big, but the, the thing with Dayton, it's only 40 minutes north of Cincinnati. See?
1: I've been to Ohio once. There's a lot yeah, of people yeah, there.
3: You know. Ohio.
2: Shout out to them. Shout out to them because there's a lot going on there and people just write them off. It's like,
3: oh, another little state. No, yeah. There's a lot going on.
1: Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
3: Yeah. yeah. The, the NFL Hall of Fame. Okay, oh,
1: no. yeah, that too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Shout out to a C. One of the C's. Yeah, Canton. That's a, diff- a different C. <laughs> yeah. Ten. All right, Clean. DY. Enough Ohio. I'm kind of over it now. But, I did turn um,
3: National Indiana Day into, uh, let's talk about
1: it. <laughs> I'm yeah. right? I just figured I, I thought I'd get your take on Indiana. It's kind of like, to me, like for us Kansas people, what we think about Missouri just full of backwoods hillbillies. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know if you might have that same thought about Indiana or if that would be your Missouri.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of great things to say about Indiana. It has Indianapolis, which is, you know, home to a lot of big events just because of the arena that it has. But other than that, it's not a whole lot there. Known for a lot of high school, pretty good high high school basketball.
1: D.Y., what's good at KC football? The Cats beat the Baylor Bears. 31-3, 31-3, and I think Coach Kleiman said it at beginning of his press conference Saturday that another one that, you know, a little surprise, kind of didn't see it coming, but another whooping by the Cats against a Big 12 opponent, keeping them out of the end zone. Will Howard comes in. I want to ask you to give us the difference in feelings from when Will Howard came in against TCU compared to Will Howard coming in against Baylor. When he
3: came in against TCU our last memories of him were pretty negative. He, you know, it was all about what he hadn't done up to that point and the mistakes that he had made up to that point. So he comes in with TCU and you probably don't have a lot of hope. He comes in against Baylor. It's like, you know, we've seen what he did against Oklahoma State. We Even though they lost, we saw how well he played against TCU. So there was a lot more confidence that there wasn't going to be a drop-off and maybe even improvement. Because, and, and I've said this before, this is to take nothing away from Adrian Martinez, who's actually played a pretty good season. Will Howard's just been better.
1: So there's enough sample size now, though, right? Like, hypothetically, like if Adrian was healthy for this game and was able to go, I, if there was a coach for K State that was thinking, all right, well, maybe Will's the better option, but we made a promise to Adrian, but they want to start Will. This is the out, right? If Adrian is healthy, you have enough sample size to tell you that we've seen three games, and Will is that good now.
3: For me, it's enough of a sample size, and I would have went with Will Howard no matter what, personally. That would have been my decision. We'll never know what Kansas State would have done because the decision was made for them when Adrian Martinez was injured and unable to go this week. He's he's not available, so he's probably not even going to dress out. But, you know, just from – Some of the answers, and you have to dig a little bit into it and draw your own conclusions and make your own opinions based off of quotes that weren't completely, you know, blunt and, you know, tell you, you know, clearly this is going to be our guy. But for the first time, anyways, in my opinion, and I don't know if you felt the same way, Mitch, because I know you were there. I felt that from the answers that we received from Chris Kleiman and the players that it was almost uh, for the first time, like a sense that it was going to be Will Howard no matter what, and that it'll be Will Howard for the rest of the season, even if Adrian does become healthier. Now, I don't know if we'll ever find that out, but I got the distinct impression that was the case.
1: Yeah, I, I lightly sensed that. I think what I liked a little bit more was the comment about, when talking about just the red shirt, uh, I mean, the question was, like, from Kellis, like, you know, comfortable with just saying forget the, the red shirt now and moving forward. in. Chris Kleiman said yep or yes a couple of times. I just I wanted to hear those words or something around that neighborhood of all right, okay. We wanted the red shirt, not gonna happen. Will Howard's now the hot hand. I think we're just gonna kinda put that behind us and just move forward with with Will Howard. So I was, I was just hoping was Will, to hear that.
3: And that was Will's answer too. Um he was asked that as well. He's like, Oh yeah. Um Richard's not really in consideration right now. We have a chance to go and win a Big 12 championship, so just even those answers you're right that's another question and the answers to that question they kind of give you a pretty clear indication that he's the guy moving forward no matter what
1: well i mean heck i mean will howard has now started enough games to fill up a full season really and even if he just gets two more full seasons as quarterback i mean with this playing time he's now earned that right to be the guy next year instead of yep. having instead of not proving himself getting that extra year of eligibility but he has to now work against, it's it's more of a competition, you would assume, and maybe you, you entertain the uh, option of bringing in another ringer, like another Adrian Martinez through the transfer portal, if you feel like that is necessary. I think forgetting about the red shirt, playing now is going to benefit Will Howard more than anything.
3: Yeah, there's, there's that, and uh, you kind of, you do, he gives you a security blanket for next year a little bit, too, because now you're not going to be tasked or as pressured into a situation where you have to start a true freshman right away because I, I do think there would have been a lot of pressure to play Avery Johnson at least a little bit to some extent and it would have came sooner than the coaching staff probably would have liked but now this uh, you know sudden surge from Will Howard probably takes a little bit away from that which is a good thing for both Kansas State it's good for Will Howard it's probably good for Avery Johnson just just kind of reflecting a little bit here the last two games where will howard didn't get hurt so i'm eliminating the tcu game because i do think when he got hurt in that game i think it kind of shifted the momentum a little bit let's just talk about the the two full games that he's played without getting hurt since then oklahoma Mm -hmm. state and baylor kansas state is a combined trying to do the math here in my head real quick 79 to 3 advantage
1: yeah that's a very sexy number. He just mm-hmm. gave us a couple of whoopins ins laid down. Also, shout-out to that defense that has really stood up in three games now, right? Three games not allowing a Big 12 team in the end zone?
3: Yes, three three teams. That would be, what, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and, well, Iowa State, which mm-hmm. I don't know if there's scoring touchdowns on anyone yet. Um, and then uh, South Dakota, if you want to go to extend it into the non-conference, South Dakota was a shutout as well, so that's four and. Count Missouri because the only touch on they scored was on the last play of the game because they're calling timeouts and throwing jump balls in garbage time to try to make it so they don't lose forty to six.
1: Well, sticking with the defense, listening to your gut here, D.Y., What's the magnitude of losing Kobe Savage for the rest of the year?
3: It's pretty significant, I think. Any time you lose you hear better players, uh, it's it's going to sting a little bit. The fact is, they do have some safety depth that they've built over the course of the season because they play a lot of guys back there. The other starters are, of course, Drake Cheatham and Josh Hayes. I think Josh Hayes, you know, maybe the best safety in the conference, um, probably can make that argument. He's the best safety for K-State. Kobe Savage is a close second, but they've been playing other guys. They've been playing sincere Mason, who's getting healthier and healthier. They, they've been playing true freshman V.J. Payne. T.J. Smith played a lot of the snaps when Kobe Savage left the game last Saturday. Um, there's a reason, you know, that someone's a starter. They're typically better than the backup, so there's going to be a drop-off. You just hope it's not a giant one. But in this give, to give maybe some solace in this loss, and I know a lot of people's favorite player is Kobe Savage because of the spirit and energy that he plays with and the physicality that he plays with. He's a fun personality, and he's, he's fun to watch on the field. But um, someone said, you know, we're losing a top three, top four player on the defense. So that may be true, but to call Kobe Savage in the top three or four, which I'm not saying he's not, you're leaving some good players out because I think Felix has to be in that top three or four. I think Austin Morris to be in that top three or four. I think Josh Hayes is, is a slightly better safety. We haven't even mentioned Daniel Green, Eli Huggins, Julius Prince. Um, so if you want some solace, you got to remember, there's a lot of talent still left on this team.
1: Speaking with Derek Young from K State Online, we're very guest-heavy today. That features Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, and also former Wildcat wide receiver, Curry Sexton, but we got another segment with D.Y. after the break. We'll talk K-State hoops after this. Well, Troy's in panic mode because uh, his update didn't have the ESPN music behind it. So he is f- trying to figure out what's going on. Troy, what happened over there?
0: a the question.
2: It's Trey. I, I would fault. lay it all
1: on the at the feet of
2: Trey Beyond.
0: The guy has been... It is beyond my control.
2: Ah. That's fair. I see what you That's did fair. there, and I hate it. <laughs> I can't stand what you've just done. Don't make my joke a joke.
1: It's the game on K-Man coming up Friday. We have substate football, Manhattan hosting Derby. Dylan Edwards will play a game in Manhattan. Uh-oh. Friday, the Tribe 11-0 and Derby is 9-2. and That kicks off at 7, pregame 6-30. It will be a 7 o'clock kickoff. I know there's some rumors going out there that uh, maybe get an earlier kickoff. No. It's going to be cold. It's going to be 7 o'clock. <laughs> it's playoff weather at Bishop Stadium. And then our sister stations, uh, B1047, Troy will have the call of Juan Migo hosting McPherson for a sub-state championship, and uh, looking to get to 4A
0: State are the Red Raiders. First time since 75 to play in the sub-state game, while the flip side of that is that McPherson's in their fourth sub-state game in the last five years.
1: That's not a surprise. Meanwhile, Manhattan, their last sub-state matchup was 2018 at Derby. Mm. So a little rematch there, plus a rematch from week one of this season. We're back with Derek Young from k Online, D.Y. I did not get the chance to listen to Coach Tang today. Uh, During his press conference, that was via Zoom. I was recording an interview that we'll hear later on in the show. Um, Any takeaways from that? Anything
3: interesting? Yeah, I I thought so. You know, he still wants to see his his team play better for, you know, a much more extended minutes instead of the fifteen to twenty five that they're getting from the Wildcat roster right now. Discussed the signees a little bit as well, of course, and uh, they've signed three guys, Mikael Rich, R.J. Jones, and Data Ames. Just thinks that Mikael Rich has uh, got a diverse skill set that can probably do a lot of different things for them, and then they just love the shot-making ability of both Data Ames and R.J. Jones. Uh, not thrilled with the offense right now. Says they have a long ways to go uh, on that end of the floor with you know the turnovers. and. <laughs> Um, even criticized his own decision and our lack of decision uh, probably more accurately of not getting Keontae Johnson enough touches when they had a little bit of an offensive drought. Um, yeah, those are kind of the things uh, that we heard in the plan recruiting plan moving forward, uh, probably done at the high school level at this point for at least for the class of 2023 and probably shift their focus into the transfer portal once the spring arrives and that window opens just to kind of, you know, build around the youth that they'll have entering next year with the, by adding a few, you know, seasoned veterans. And then, you know, in, in regard to high school recruiting for the class of 2024, which they're already doing, it's just getting more guys that are ready to contribute right away.
1: Speaking with Derek Young from K State online. So the cats now two and O beating Cal 63, 54 that was a game that was won in Berkeley. Love the town. Never been to anything Cal, but it's a cool place. Now what links did you have to go to actually watch that game? I didn't I I've still haven't watched it yet.
3: Oh, well, I just did a, a free trial through FUBO that I've already canceled so okay. I didn't get it charged and, and they had the Pac twelve network available on that streaming service. So that's the way I watched it live. I don't in terms of rewatch, I don't know if that's going to or if that's available anywhere. I'd be surprised. Maybe on fubo i guess or i think it was also on dish i want to say and sling tv
1: how many more days did you have on that trial to use before you canceled it
3: i think three i, I did it pretty early it might have been even four I, I just didn't want to forget to cancel so the thought when the thought crossed my mind i went ahead and did it i mean it gave them a
1: few days to win your money but that didn't work
0: i mean given that they aren't using any of those finances to, you know, get Chirons right over coaches' names or anything like that. Oh yeah. I forgot about that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jerome, Jerome Yang, also known as Kevin, Kevin Sutton. Sutton. <laughs> yeah. So there was, there was that issue of course. And I mean, we got, a, we got another stream and this one will actually have to pay money. I'm sure of it. At least I won't oh, be in the Cayman Islands to cover yeah. a little flow hoops action when the, the cats go to the Cayman islands. Uh, first game is that against Rhode Island?
1: Yes, and isn't it now more expensive? I haven't looked, but I heard it was.
3: Well, it, it might be the the flow Hoots. I think you're looking at maybe something around $30, I want to say. so. Um, wow. Yeah, that might be a little bit more expensive than it was. Also, Rhode Island, not a great start to the year. They lost to what? Quinnipiac to open the season, 67-62, to 62, followed by loss to Texas State, 70-66. to 66. They did recently beat... Stony Brook by 10. Stony Brook, actually, the former home of Tyke Green. Well,
1: you bring up a point here. Is is anybody in K-State's non-con off to a good start? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, well, Oh That's a good question. I am not sure. Wichita State lost to Alcorn State, yep. so I would scratch them off the list. Um, I don't think I will entertain the thought of a good Nebraska basketball team. I don't think that's anything that we have to be worried about. Florida, how about the Florida Gators? I think it was two nights ago, or maybe it was last night. No, two nights ago. They lost to Florida Atlantic. There you so, go. Uh, so the, the I'm not saying it's troubling. It yeah. might be a good thing for Kansas State, um, to be honest, especially year one for it to kind of unfold this way. But, you know, challenges, and, and some of these teams are still going to get right and become better, I'm sure of it, especially I'd imagine Florida, they're also under a new first-time head coach. Uh, not first time, but under a new head coach. And they'll play them much later on in the season. That'll probably be a team that's grown significantly by that point and presents a far better challenge than what they are currently doing. LSU, they could they could face LSU in the Cayman Islands. I have not checked on them to see what they're doing, but I imagine that'll be a test of some sort.
1: Uh, I think they barely won a game recently. Oh, well, they just played Kansas City last Wednesday, and they won by 11. Hmm. And Kansas City is 1-3. Yeah. The, the, the only win is against, like, like the Calvary Warriors. And I don't even know where to begin to tell you of where that team is from, where they're even ranked, or if they play D2 love, or whatever. Love those guys. Kansas love, City, love
3: didn't they get smoked by uh, Illinois, too? Didn't Bruce Weber call that game?
1: Yeah, yes, he did. I believe he did. And, yes, it wasn't good. Uh, Kansas City also just played, I think, well, I just mentioned LSU, so and then, then that win against uh, the Calvary Warriors and UMKC is off to a rough start of shooting the basketball, not too great. Um, Butler is they they lost to Penn State by six and they have a win over New Orleans, eighty nine fifty three. So and Penn State I, I don't think of them too often in as good basketball, so I would say watch out for Butler on uh, November 23rd when they host number 22 Tennessee. What do you got, Troy?
0: Calvary, uh, Calvary is uh, in the same division at the uh, National Christian College Athletics Association level as is Manhattan Christian College. Oh, wow. Division two.
3: I will be uh, flying to Indianapolis and covering the Kansas State Butler basketball game. You know, you only get a few times, I think, in your
0: mm-hmm. time
3: to, to, to go somewhere like a, an historic— field house so i'm going to cover the game at butler and kind of take that in and the following day um and this is not me trying to jinx everything because i but uh you know Uh. you got to hop on travel when you can of course because of the cost of travel so i do have it planned and booked to fly from indianapolis straight to arlington as well oh how about that
1: i like i like dy's confidence there, Mm -hmm. already pulling the trigger on the flight to big d
3: it is refundable, to be, to be clear, but obviously it's better to book those sooner than but rather than later. Did you have to pay more
1: money to get that refundable option?
3: No, no, okay. I did not. Uh, it, it, I- it, because I'm actually, I'm a, like a member with Delta, so I, I was able to fly Delta from Indianapolis to Arlington, and with that, I think came the refundable part.
0: Here, I figured you were going to the Big Ten championship game.
3: Yeah, I could good. Have, have been there to, you know, could have just stayed in Indy for three or four more days. Uh-huh. You get that. I've actually covered the Big 10 championship game. It was uh I'm trying to think of the year. I think 2015-2016 season. So it would have been December of 2015 when uh Michigan State beat Iowa because I don't know if you guys remember the LJ Scott lunge over the goal line um on one of the final plays of the game.
1: Well, let's also not forget that after uh D.Y. kind of gloated a little bit about Ohio compared to Indiana. Just said some uh, somewhat of nice things about Indiana right. with Hinkle Fieldhouse, I would say. Well,
3: Before- that's not about Indiana. That's about Hinkle Fieldhouse. Before,
0: forewarned: oh. the concourses are much like Allen Fieldhouse.
3: I, well, you know, all those old fieldhouses that are kind of historic, yeah. built in the same time period, I, I anticipate that they're all pretty much look similar. As long as it's a lot The – I'll tell you what – one that is pretty brutal, at least for sightline purposes, is uh, Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana. That one has got some barriers for fans to maneuver around and just to watch the game.
0: I've never understood the design of that place.
3: No, that one's that one's kind of silly. I always liked uh, old St. John Arena at Ohio State too, but obviously they use a multi-purpose venue now that has literally no really home crowd advantage.
1: Well, we got sidetracked there. I wanted to bring up the the topic that we're not gonna have time to talk about about uh, K State. Uh, you know, drum tank has built a roster of guys that can handle now the passes from Marquise Noel. Uh, that was a big issue last year with some butterfingers. Uh, but uh, all right, D Y. The United States national soccer team World Cup starts next week. A hundred to one odds. You gonna put a
3: few bucks down? No, I I have no confidence in what the United States club is looking like right now. Had they played, maybe like. Two summers ago, I would have maybe had a little bit more confidence just to, you know, throw in a, a flyer here and there, but they are in a very poor stretch of soccer at the worst possible time.
1: All right, one more on betting. Uh cats, I see here according to DraftKings, this is the first odds I could find on the game tomorrow. Okay. Cats favored by eighteen and a half against Kansas City. You taking that all day?
3: Ooh, I think it's I would probably stay away from it. Uh, mm. I don't think I would pick either side. I think it's going to be right in that neighborhood. I, I don't know that they're going to run it out to twenty-five or, or thirty. I think it's going to be in that neighborhood.
1: All right, DY. Really appreciate your time. We got Powerade Game Day coming up on uh, at nine a.m. We got to get up a little bit early for this one. So we'll talk to you on Saturday for the game against uh, West Virginia. See you then, Derek Young. From K-State Online, hit up KSO, now a part of Rivals. That premium content on K-State football, men's basketball. Follow DY on Twitter, at Derek Young, KSO. We now turn our attention to the Kansas City Chiefs, the leaders in the AFC West. We'll talk with Mitch Holtis after the break. The Kansas City Chiefs are now 7 and 2. They have won 3 in a row after an overtime victory over the Titans and then this last weekend beating the Jacksonville Jaguars at Arrowhead 27 to 17. We're now joined by the voice of the of the uh, Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Mitch, uh, you know, you're kind of a big deal there with the Chiefs and in Kansas City. If you wanted to, could you just ask for Taylor Swift tickets? <laughs>
4: No, I cannot. I've known uh, my uh, my work uh, compadre here, uh, Matt McMullen, was on, was holding. He was like everybody else, hanging for that shot uh, yesterday, doing work, but just staring at his uh, laptop for any opportunity didn't happen. So, no, nope, your answer, the answer there is no. Uh, so don't even think about it. I've had people ask no. Let's
1: just move on. I think that's one of those situations where if I got tickets for a certain somebody, I would be a complete hero. If I didn't, it would be understood. Uh, because, oh, uh, Matt, yeah. I'm, he was just like thousands of other people that I couldn't get through with Ticketmaster. Um, but we got some here at the station, believe it or not. I can't believe that happened. But, uh, all right, Mitch. Cats are in control of their own destiny. Will Howard's that quarterback. What do you think? Going all the way now?
4: Why not? Uh, truthfully, there are times in my 29 seasons, which are two of those, I was doing both K-State and the Chiefs, that the two teams, K-State and the Chiefs, have lived in parallel universes more than you would think. Um, and here they are again because when the smoke cleared on the weekend, here's K-State uh, with Texas losing in – now, K State has it right in front of them. You win two games and you're playing for the Big 12 championship against TCU. Plain and simple. Right there. You, here it is. Go get them. Same with the Chiefs. Who would have thought that the Bills, with a 99.1% chance of winning after they start Kirk Cousins on fourth down and less than a yard and then fumble to the send him to quarterback exchange, would put the Chiefs in the one seed and everything's in front of the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs got a lot more work to do, a long way to go, but it's the same thing. With Will Howard quarterback, I'm so excited about him. As I told you last week, when I watched the first half of the TCU game, he played so well before being hurt, but a lot of those were schemes. Chris Chris Kleiman does a great job with their schemes. They formations, their organization. They'll scheme guys open like the Chiefs do. But the Oklahoma State game, to me, changed everything for Will Howard. As I drove away from that stadium that day, I go, this is a different kid than I've seen. This is not him running zone read, 50-some-yard run or whatever last year. This is a guy that looks like he's got a chance to be an NFL quarterback. And then can he back it up? Well, he was phenomenal against Baylor. Phenomenal. Some scheme plays, some just NFL, I've got to make quarterback plays. The Cats are in good hands with him. And he will go in there and compete. Here's the biggest thing, and maybe you guys have talked about it. He does not take sacks. He looks like an NFL quarterback. He's not going to run around necessarily. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But he's got a little Peyton Manning in him, and maybe we're an 18 as part of it. But he will step to avoid the rush. If the rush is coming at him, I don't know how many times Baylor did this, he has a chance to step laterally, just a step and a half or two steps, to buy him that much time to make a play. And that's not a college quarterback. That's a potential pro quarterback.
1: No, he definitely deserves more credit for his um, movement in the pocket and, and you know, and getting away from that pressure, no doubt about it. I actually had this conversation with a friend yesterday after watching um, you know, just kind of recapping Monday night football and kind of where the quarterbacks are in the NFL right now after Jalen Hurts takes a loss. So I, I would say, you know, Patrick Mahomes has now moved into that first place spot in like the quarterback. MVP conversation, who would be in second right now? Would you give it to Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts?
4: I'm going to keep it with Josh Allen. Uh, I just think there's more of a proven track record there over more time. Jalen Hurts is, has is done okay, but and it's not like he's a complete one-hit wonder, but he's close to it. Josh Allen's now done this you know, throughout his career. However, I say that in Josh Allen's game last week, to lose that game on a botched quarterback sneak, which they'll they'll show that play years and years and years and years. This is the uh, the butt fumble by the Jets. It's mainly the um, the um, Herm Edwards you know, miracle in the Meadowlands. You don't shake those off, Mitch. I'm sorry. In, in this league, those are you just do not go. Hey, we're gonna mouthwash this and move on. That play's gonna hang with them for a while and with him. Now, he's a tough kid. He'll move on. Just take my word for it. That play will hang with him and will haunt him even when things get on the line in January.
1: All right, so the, uh, unfortunately, after the Jacksonville Jaguars game, big conversation had to be brought up because Juju Smith-Schuster takes a hit and there was a flag thrown. The flag gets picked up, and now Juju Smith-Schuster is still in concussion protocol and now the conversation's being brought up again after we already had a tweak of the rule in the offseason about the helmet-to-helmet contact. Now, you know, it's a penalty. Is the conversation louder, and the Chiefs are probably bringing it up more than anybody else because of what happened on Sunday? The rule needs to be looked at again because what took place was a travesty.
4: The way I understand it, I mean, the letter of the law, the intent of the law, the rule here in this case, not law, the rule, is the receiver has got to have a chance to catch and be bracing for the hit. Juju never saw that hit coming from Cisco. I I don't want to be flippant about this analogy, but I I don't think it's a bad one, but I know people have encountered this terrible misfortune. But this is like somebody running a light and T-boning you and you never saw them coming. I mean, you had no idea, no way to break or brace, or, and that's what Juju had. He had no idea Cisco was there, and had, and then, so to me, that that is a defenseless player. And I, have, for the life of me, and I saw the pool reporter reaction, and and I, I just don't know what's going on with this. So we have three plays now, I think, so far this season, going into week eleven. One is the Tuatonga Viola situation early on in September. Two is this play, which will be reviewed, I think, in the off season, not before. And then three, um, would be what happened even ironically Sunday night with Dre Greenlaw. Justin Herbert goes, he's he's a runner, different now than being a receiver, so he can brace for a hit, but he gets his head down kind of turned off when late happens in a split second and Dre Greenlaw not only gets penalized he gets disqualified from the game and it's like what, what, what are we doing what, what's going on here what's all over the place so to your point I think it will be discussed a lot in the postseason some during the season but mainly I look for some really dramatic measures taken in the offseason
1: Is there a possibility Kansas City could be shorthanded at wide receiver this week against the Chargers?
4: Yeah, when I talk to you guys on Wednesday, it's so early in the week. Although Wednesday's a big day. um, It's the day kind of, for the coaches, everything flips kind of Tuesday, really. Monday night into Tuesday. For the players, the big flip is Wednesday morning early on. Wednesday's the longest work day. And that's when the first injury report comes out. and You get an idea of, okay, what's going on this week? but it's not definitive. And I think it's it's almost like a case-by-case basis. So at Wednesday night at almost 5 o'clock, I can't tell you or affirm that or even want to speculate because it's going to be something we have to monitor day-to-day. Now, that seems like a wishy washy answer, but it's a truthful answer because I could sit here and guess or speculate, but there's a chance that could be wrong. So I'd say just stay tuned.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Kansas City's worried about not having some or fans not worried about worried about not having guys catch some touchdown passes for the Chiefs moving forward if they're down their top three receivers. Ten different players through nine games have caught touchdown passes so far this season. That's a really a heck of a number. All right, Mitch, to finish up. Here, well, well,
4: let's take, let's take well, that. It's, it's very astute that you bring that up because that's a. There's a couple weeks ago, like seven wide receivers in the room are going to be active. Wow, that's crazy. Now you're looking at, hey, you. Know, You know, you need everybody here. But to your point, the Chiefs have 41 pass plays of 20 yards or more. 41. That's number one in the league. They have those 41 from 10 different players. That's number one in the league. 10 different players, Mitch, have scored receiving touchdowns. The all-time NFL record is 13. And I'm sitting here, you know, I'm looking at the guys who don't have one. The Chiefs could break that record. There's definitely three that you could put in there to tie it, and maybe four. So, yes, you're going to need all hands on deck, uh, but they've proven a lot of guys can get big plays and a lot of guys can get touchdowns.
1: Let's try and do a quick Google search to see if I can find out who doesn't have one. I think Sky Moore would be one of them. There you go. I mean, that would get you to 11. I'm sure you could, I could find a couple of more names here. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to Google really fast here to see if I could find anybody else <laughs> uh, because I'm very curious when to I see, see. I mean, know. I'm sure there's somebody.
4: Well, don't overlook the brat, Michael Burton.
1: Oh, Burton, there you go. Uh, Pacheco doesn't have one.
4: Pacheco doesn't have one. But I, that's 13 easily that you can get without thinking about it and grinding it to them.
1: Yeah, but McKinnon has one. Watson has a couple. Tony with that catch. Oh, wait a minute!
4: What if you? Whoa! 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 What if you get a big man touchdown there, partner? Oh, that's right. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. AKA the BMT. Chiefs are breaking
1: a record this year. It's going to happen, Mitch.
4: Going to happen. 14. They're going to get 14 dudes catching touchdowns. Just watch. We'll we'll monitor it every two weeks. We'll do the uh, touchdown receiving meter. Brought to you by High <laughs> V. <laughs> <Federal> credit union. <laughs>
1: all right, we'll wrap up here with some the keys. The... We'll just, there,
4: the mid meters. Yeah, there the, you the go. Meter, the mid meter.
1: What do we think about this trip to L.A. to take on the Chargers?
4: It, no, I'm going to start laughing if it's a big man touchdown, because I'll be thinking, okay, you're scratching that one down. Well, that's so, got to be
1: the record breaker.
4: Yeah, that will. And if Coach knows it, he'll do it. What
1: do we think about the Chargers at SoFi this Sunday?
4: Chargers are perplexing. Uh, now, they're going to be desperate and dug in, and they've got to have this game. Uh, one, obviously, is the division. If they're down three games with a tiebreaker, they're essentially down four games with, what, seven to go. be a big hill for them to climb. Another one is their franchise overall. 41 games. Let's just take a little poll. What is Justin Herbert's record after 41 games?
1: Boy, I don't know. 500?
4: less. He's 20 and 21. 20 and 21. Um, So, doesn't have a tie to be 500 with an odd number to be 40, 40, and 1, but he's 40, 40, or no, 20 and 21. Um, Their franchise, since an 8 and 5 start a year ago, is 6 and 7. The reason I say all that is there's a a lot going on right now with the Chargers, and they're going to be desperate to win. Now, I, I look for Mike Williams to be healthy or at least going to play in this game, maybe Keenan Allen. Right now they're living off Austin Eckler. I'm going to give you some really bizarre stats. Austin Eckler's fifth in the league in receptions for all positions with 67. He has almost as many targets as Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's got 84. He's got, Austin Eckler's got 81. Austin Eckler's receiving yardage total is 44th in the league with the fifth most catches. It is throw to him for five yards and that's it. That's what they're doing, and it's really weird. now that With Williams back, they'll chuck it, but he's, okay, Justin Herbert is second in the league in attempts. He's second in the league in completions. He's 31st in the league in yards per completion. It's just bizarre, and on defense, they're giving up too many big runs. There's Only two teams have allowed more average yards rushing than the Chargers, and they've allowed 450-plus runs. The league average is one. It's just weird with them, but we all know that they can put it together and make things difficult and win the game on Sunday night, so the Chiefs have got to bring it.
1: 3.25 is the kickoff. Chiefs at Chargers looking for revenge from that early loss for the Chiefs to the Chargers at Arrowhead Stadium. Mitch, really appreciate your time, and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving when we talk to you in a couple of weeks.
4: You guys want to catch this week's Defending the Kingdom. I'll follow up and give a pop quiz in two weeks. Violent. I'll just Great. say this. The, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs and K-State are living, again, in a parallel universe.
0: Nothing I love more than a test to look I, forward I, to. I, I was told there was no testing here. <laughs>
4: Defending the kingdom. Defending the kingdom.
1: Mitch, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon.
4: Thanks, guys.
1: Coming up next on the game, we're going to talk to former K-State Wildcat Curry Sexton plus a preview of the West Virginia Mountaineers with Kenan Cummings. But first... Your local news. Travion will fire that away in 15 seconds.
2: News!